0: take for the start.
1: Well, now you're putting pressure on an outtake, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> You just had an agenda to plan an outtake. Yeah,
0: be- yeah, because we were doing such good outtakes and then we didn't record it because we've only got so many hours per month that we're supposed to, like, that we can record before they charge us extra and we can't just have like an hour and a half chat.
1: I love our hour and a half chats
0: before our hour and a half chat. Uh. Oh, well, there is the outtake then. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Real Clinicians, Real Chats. My name is Alex Murray. I'm a podiatrist and strength and conditioning coach based in Canberra, Australia.
1: And I'm Kit Wisdom. I'm a physiotherapist uh, currently studying somatic psychotherapy and I'm based in Melbourne, Australia.
0: I had a blank page in front of me and as I was doing the intro, I lifted up the page like I was going to read it. You can hear that when I just went, <sighs> rrr, it like, like, just kind of went a little bit when I realised there was nothing in front of me and I had to do it from memory. Oh, you did very well. Yeah. Well, I might be able to edit it out.
1: One day you might accidentally say your other podcast name. Instead Maybe. of your clinician's real chats. What is the other podcast name?
0: Uh, the Rehab Podiatrist Podcast. It hasn't, oh no, it will be released by the time.
1: Yeah, we can talk about it safely here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are not feeling good.
1: We are both not <laughs> feeling good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, we should like put in the um, where I'm going to share like a clip of both that Bo Burnham song that I showed you. How we feeling out there tonight? <laughs> yeah. I am not feeling
1: good. So this is about us feeling shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And rather than like pretending to be like good and high energy and everything Mm. okay. Like lean in.
1: We are not going to buff and shine for this podcast, are we? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Would you like to share first a little bit about your context? Around why you're feeling a little bit sort of flat or not, uh, not our fantastic selves. Or should I go first? Ah, oh, it's up to you. Okay, I think you should go first.
0: Because <laughs> usually people say that when they're gonna, when they're like, should you go first or should, or is it me? Should, I, should I go first? No. It's um, just been polite. ah, uh, it's just been an overwhelming, just overwhelming sort of time. I mean. I remember what you said before, where it was like, what's, if your like emotions were an animal, what would it be? And I was like, it's not specifically an animal. It's more just like an annoyed dog. Mm -hmm. Like, not annoyed, unimpressed would be the better way to put it. Where it's like. Disgruntled. mm -hmm. Disgruntled is another fantastic word. But it's not, but it's not that I'm gruntled at anything in particular. It's just like the things, life comes at you. Yeah. So we've like, We've had issues with uh, a planner. We have to get some plans to like replace a shed and mm. put a hole in a wall in our house. So you know, and it's just taken months, months to just mm. get the plans. Um, you know, there's that going on. There's like just family asking questions going on about things like just trying to. Th- about the plans, uh, <laughs> about what we're doing. Is it the right thing? And, and there's like so much that notice of like, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the wrong thing? We don't know. Um, mm. So there's that. I had to transfer like my car. So I had to do like a roadworthy and this like stuff. Um, then there's like little business stuff. Our Hot water went out. Um, mm. You know, just all those sorts Not of,
1: ideal in Canberra's winter.
0: Well, we are actually are fine um, in, in the sense that we've got showers kind of everywhere else, but it's more just like, we do need to get this fixed. Mm-hmm. And it was like that period of time of last time we tried to get an electrician to our house to put something in, it was like six weeks, like this constant yeah. sort of, I think that's probably the biggest thing about it, it of being unimpressed and sort of annoyed sort or of disgruntled is like, everything that we're trying to attempt to do takes time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's you know, if we don't do it the right way, we don't contact the right people, we might get a bad job. If we, yeah. um, and, and then there's the question of just timing, then there's the question of, oh, you know, we know why are we going to get ripped off? Um, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen? You know, there's a couple of insurance claims that I was dealing with, with work, and nothing is ever, like, actually outwardly bad. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing really, oh, maybe the planner I'm a bit annoyed at. Um, <laughs> that, that's where I'm disgruntled. Um, but, like, Otherwise, it's it's just a lot, and yeah. that's you know, and and that's that's what happens in life. Like to to sort of say that we're going to be, it shouldn't happen, I think so, and it's not going to sort of seep in, uh, hmm. is, uh, yeah,
1: kind of unrealistic, huh?
0: Yeah. So so
1: what can I can I ask a few questions?
0: Absolutely, <coughs> you can.
1: Um, so for you, do you have like a certain time frame, like? Do you find like this sort of stuff rumbling along for like a couple of months, it starts to then sort of creep into maybe you at work or you in other relationships, or is it more like the intensity of it? Like for you specifically, how does, how do you kind of relate to the the rumblings and the disgruntledness and...?
0: Oh, it comes in like huge peaks and troughs.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: So like week to week can be very different. Yeah. It's like next week could be fine. All this sort of stuff goes away yeah
1: do you find it goes away, or you f- figure out how to be with it in a different way, or is it is it more literally like the completion of a plan or the moving on of something?
0: yeah I think it's I think definitely like we get to a stage like of just doing the things and then it goes away, mm-hmm. so like I've sent something to the planner, and I'm just like, hey mate, like this is you know, and just sort of put a put a barrier in and said like this is this is the plan, this is what we're doing
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know this is it. And then once yep. that's done, and then you know give it a couple of days to, and I haven't heard back. It's like, well, that's done now, and I don't think about it. It just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, now the hot water that just got fixed this morning, great, that's gone, no longer mm-hmm. a worry. Gonna car stuff sorted this afternoon, bingo, that's gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's like, you know, I'm gonna, I've got some time to get some letters done. Bang, that's gone. So like, it's 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 very easy for me to like do well. <laughs> Mm. Uh, but it also is very easy for like things to build, build up quite quickly and then just be like, ah. Mm.
1: And how do you go managing that and sort of like your energy in, um, in the space, like at work with people? Like how do you go about kind of transitioning?
0: Mm. It's, yeah, that's an interesting, cause I think how I have, sort of transitioned my practice and how i've um how i how i practice now is really kind of like using so much of myself my personality and my mm. like just meanness that i don't find it too too hard in terms of like to go in cuz i'm not no longer going into like a mask, or I'm no longer going into a persona or a personality, Mm -hmm. and I'm no longer acting in a way that is trying to fight some -hmm. of that maybe exhaustedness. Uh, I'm like, I'm not, I'm still going to present like the better side of myself, like I'm not going to be disgruntled and physically walk and be like, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it is like acknowledging. (laughs) what's going on? So like, you know, patient will come in and be like, I'll be like, how's it going? They're like, you know, and I was like, tell me about it. Like my Mm -hmm. hot water doesn't work. I went to, I went to access Canberra to transfer my car and and they sat me down for like 25 minutes. And then at the end we're like, oh, we can't actually do this. You actually need to go to the office 25 minutes away and sit there for 30 minutes. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, so like we can sort of like sharing bits about that. And it's, what I find is that like not fighting it has mm-hmm. been a, and and that's a natural thing that's just sort of happened mm-hmm. um and I think a lot of that just comes from not the not trying to present a face, not trying to present a front and it's you know setting up my own clinic, feeling mm-hmm. really comfortable, bringing my own personality in, having those sort of experiences where I've brought my personality in and it's it's built trust and rapport it's mm-hmm. built. Uh, things, having experiences has just allowed me to lean into that a little bit more and then, you know, I can present that side of things going on and, you know, it kind of diffuses things a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I think in a way humanizes me as well, that we're not long, someone's not coming in to see someone that is just, yeah, that is, is, okay. is going to present this face and that everything should be great. And it does encourage us not to do, not to do the same, mm-hmm. um. Like I think about sort of the, the times when people sort of, uh, mention things that other people have said, and it's no, I don't no longer have this veal of professionalism where I'm like, oh, I can't say anything completely bad or like, you know, mm. I've got to kind of navigate this. like, you know, sometimes I'll just be like, they'll be like, yeah, I wasn't, you know, like, oh, they said this. And they're like, you can tell that they're not imp- impressed by it. And it'll be something like pretty shit where like someone will be like, oh, we're not going to deal with that, or I'm not going to do that. Um for you in, like, a healthcare setting. I'll be like, yeah, that's mm. fucking bullshit. Mm. That is bullshit. I'll say mm. it. Um, yeah. And it's not saying they're bullshit or that person. I'm just saying, mm. like, that's a bit of a, that's a, that's a, you know, a, a shitty thing to have happen and mm-hmm. we can acknowledge it. And just all of those things combined, um, it just makes, has just uh, incidentally made it so much easier. So I'm no longer really, like, worried, mm-hmm. like, going into practice when I feel... Average. Uh, if anything, it's kind of great because one of the things that like I feel when I feel quite average is the like weird lack of productiveness. And if I'm left mm-hmm. by my own, I'll like end up I don't know accidentally watching like four or five episodes of Sopranos over like a couple of days. That's the show I'm watching currently. I'm really behind the times. It's just on binge, um,
1: mm-hmm. and you
0: just sit Absolutely. there and. Yeah. And it will just, and I was, you know, I'll just sit there with Frankie and it is cathartic in a lot of ways to have that space and that time. But like, it's actually kind of really nice to have the patients break that up. You you get that, that comfortableness in a space, you get something done and then it it kind of lifts the energy a little bit or it doesn't. And then at the end of it, you go, no, I'm, I'm still feel like, I, you know, that was good, you know, but I'm still feeling exhausted. And then you go home, but at least there's, there's something there. At least that's what I find personally, but that's like my own, challenges with, yeah, with, mm. with myself and my need for productivity, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I think what I love listening to that, um, um, experience, like your experience is that those parts that are coming forward that you feel really comfortable with in clinic, which are the parts that kind of, like you said, humanize you. So, you know, the part that's happy to acknowledge the things that are, frustrating and even modeled to clients like frustrations welcome here like tell me about it you know um and that part that doesn't want to put a mask on like that part that actually is like this is me so you know I'm I'm I don't want to have to pretend um and I think that you know there's lots of nuance there around um not just rolling into clinic and telling your patients everything that's going wrong with you and not listening to them but that sense of letting yourself be a whole person in the room um, and for that, again, like we've talked about on, on previous episodes, like if you feel comfortable with that, the person who you're with is going to sense into that permission to be the frustrated part, the, the um, you know, the more of the, the real parts of Alex being in the room is going to make space for their, their real parts. Um, so I love that piece around it. Um, <clears throat> I'm really curious around this as a kind of a discussion even around how we navigate nourishing ourselves, again, as as practitioners, and also how um, being in um, dialogue with people in a way where we can um, kind of welcome more parts of ours, how that is actually a nourishing. um, Mm. Well, for me, in my experience, it actually can um, turn a pretty shitty day around, not saying Mm. like, it's all on that, but to intentionally cultivate, um, a place where I can be whole and, um, do this sort of work, how that's actually deeply nourishing for me. Um, that's, that's that's such a good,
0: that's such a good point because like, I guess I don't, I haven't thought about it from that, that angle, but being able to like, not be feeling great and go into a space, be yourself and, and someone, get something out of it you have a relationship with someone you're helping someone um I like this the one thing that I sort of <laughs> I do whenever I'm angry uh or annoyed at like at something like I just clean the house
1: yeah <laughs> because I'm just like you I've got partner could, yeah I'm just like well.
0: <laughs> yeah you just you just clean the house and you do you do something and it's it's kind of like a way of like sitting with what's happening and getting something out of it like you look back and you kind of go, oh, this is actually kind of like the repetitive nature of, of something, the the doing something with that energy, like mm-hmm. that can be somewhat nourishing within itself, even if it's a behaviour to be able to look back and like knowing how I work, look back and say, hey, look at or like, you know, I got to do something with this emotion and it's it's been positive. But like, yeah, dealing with patients going in and having a relationship and having something like I think we accidentally like commoditize, mm. uh, what we do or we turn it into like we, we're, uh, I always like what, uh, Laura Rathbone says, we're like, we're a consultancy. We're not a, we're not a service because mm. the service is kind of like, and it's not, not to, not to demean like other people, like a trade, for example, but like. There's a part of that that's a consultancy, and there's part of that that's a service. And and it can be mm-hmm. the, actually, it's actually kind of similar with us. Sometimes some of the things that we do will be a service. I'm going to like fit your product. I'm going to provide you with a um, slip for, you know, take to a footwear store, and there's like a service element to that. But like so much of what we actually do as a consultancy, people are consulting us. We're having a relationship We're doing so much more, and that service sort of side of it, if we kind of lean too much into that for everything that we're doing, I feel like that kind of, it it makes us think that we have to turn up. Even if we're not not doing this consciously, Mm
1: -hmm. I think a lot
0: of it is subconscious in the way that we do it. We've got to go, we've got to have a repeatable product. We've got to turn up and do, be able to do the same assessments at the same sort of level of competency Mm. and we've got to then reach the diagnosis and then we've got to do this. And it's like, when we sort of think about it as a service, we're like trying to create this repetitive product uh, in a space where we're actually dealing with a human, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Like if you turn up and you're like, I, you know, take the electrician, you know, he came in and he replaced um, my thermostat in my hot water. And that's a service and great service. Like he did a really good job, but like if he's having a bit of a shit time out there, (laughs) plugging in, it doesn't matter. Like the job got done, it's a service in the end and the process that it took for him to get there can be highly variable. But Mm -hmm. I also don't see that. It's it's not part of the relationship with me. Whereas like Mm -hmm. what we're doing in the service, like it is much more of that consultancy. Like it bleeds through because we're dealing with that human. But yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I think about. And that's what I like like to highlight with people I think um, with other, other clinicians
1: hmm. well I think I think the thing that I'm curious about um, is maybe learning about how I mean we've talked a bit a little bit about nourishing ourselves as practitioners um, but I think the piece around nourishment and rest is, can actually, we can kind of have barriers, I think. What I'm finding with the people I work with is we quite often have the barriers where we don't actually allow it in. So even if we are attempting to nourish ourselves or attempting to rest and, you know, it looks like, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this, I'm curious around, like, is it is it actually um, being absorbed or let, let let in or is there a wall there? Or And this is more the Hakomi stuff that's coming through, but... Um, Then what happens is we kind of just move again into, um, you know, thinking things through and then taking action, thinking things through and taking action, which is more around that um, sympathetic nervous system kind of response of kind of like doing. Um, And then if we don't get our parasympathetic sort of like down regulation of like nourishment and rest in order to start doing again, um, that's what I'm curious about sort of in that, I suppose, that burnout piece. And again, fueled by the, me- the mechanical nature of our work, as in like, like you've just described, providing the service in sort of a bit more of a repetitive way. Um, and then we've got the drives around capitalism and making money and and how quick everything is. Um, and I'm specifically talking about this piece with uh, something that uh, in Hakomi we talk about is the sensitivity cycle, um, which again, just looks at a couple of these pieces and and looks into perhaps where we might be putting more of our energy and what mm-hmm. happens when we don't get all four parts of that and we kind of just bump between like thinking and action and don't get that sort of um, other side of the cycle, which is so important. Um, because again, I, you'd argue I don't know where we've been kind of taught this stuff or where it's been valued or…
0: Um, I don't think we've been do... taught.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like how do we actually… Sorry, you go.
0: I was going to say I a lot of it. it's just… Implied, and we just follow on. That's the danger.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's sort of what's coming up for me when I'm listening to you. Um, and yeah, I think and I think you know I think it's bigger than just our our um, profession. You know, I think on society on a whole is how do we do nourishment and and how do we do rest. Um, and I was thinking also that's what popped up into my brain just then when you were saying when you're like got some frustration or anger and you clean the house. Um, you know, that's what my partner does, which is great because he puts his anger energy into this amazing cleaning. But then he'll just move on to the next job, to the next job, to the next job. Mm. And what he's actually worked on is his rest barrier because he just doesn't, he just keeps going. And then he gets even angrier because he hasn't actually nourished. He's just gone action to do again thinking. So it's been really interesting, like watching how he's kind of navigated his stuff um, and how I can support him in that um, and that sort of just popped up with me again when you were chatting around, um, your cleaning frenzy. <laughs>
0: it's it's interesting as well, because, like, one of the ways, like, I, I like how you able to bring just this other side to it, obviously having a, a different experience, different sort of education, background, because I feel like I'm just giving examples. And you're like, oh, and this is how it makes sense. The, the barriers thing was, was such a, um, I think, a good way to sort of put it, that we we erect these sort of barriers in a way, and not so much in the, I think, in terms of, um, like things that we butt up against, but in terms of, we can think of like barriers on a road where it's like, this is where the road is. This is where you keep going. And if we like keep erecting these barriers and sort of things, it it just sort of puts us towards like, this is where we're supposed to go rather than going, Mm -hmm. well, actually there's, you know, there's nothing stopping us from these these barriers are somewhat sort of self-made there's nothing you know we can obviously just like rip them up and then just mm. explore all these other areas and i think that's kind of part of that sort of automated system and i think you know when we when we sort of talk about burnout one of the other perspectives that i've i've heard and i thought this was particularly good is that we often think about burnout being like the exhaustion the actual burning out itself. But if we think about mm. any sort of fire, it always starts as generally something small and then mm. grows and the before it, it finally burns things. And mm. I think so, one of the perspectives is that that part of burnout could come from, not always, but could come from this sort of need or desire or feeling of, of not being good enough. Uh, not being able to do things that other people are doing, sort of almost like an imposter syndrome in a way, and the actions that we also take to, to do that, to, to try and catch up. And I think that kind of works quite nicely with what we talked about, which is the, if we've got the service side of things, if we're erecting these barriers, we're not nourishing, we're not doing things along the way that help us either recharge from that feeling, or help us realize, actually, we're holding ourselves to a crazy high standard in this desire to be, to produce the ser- like the service at this level. As soon as you realize, well, that's an impossible barrier. As soon as you realize, oh, hold on a second, I don't need to do this. I don't need to be at this level. I don't need to be making this like doing the exact same thing and doing this service at this high level, this high efficiency. It's like a factory line. Um, I think that, that goes a long way to, to helping people settle.
1: Well, and I think also, you know, what comes up for me when you talk is, you know, if, if we don't know how to, to do the nourishment and the rest, we're probably going to do it the way that we habitually do other things. So we're Mm going to, we're going to do the nourishment and we're going to do the rest. And this is, I think, (laughs) where the whole wellness self-care paradigm is, you know, going gangbusters because what if there's a whole new skill set here potentially and if we are butting up against me now talking more about walls as in not allowing nourishment in or not like resting but kind of just being like you know brain racing thinking what am I going to do next like that's not actually rest is it so I think even acknowledging that there's probably going to be need to be a sort of a skill development here piece around how do we actually do that and this actually came up last night with a new client and she's actually come to me like going, I, I, I get it intellectually. I, do, I don't I do know how to do it. Mm. You know, and so what we will actually do, and this is again, I'll, I'll probably do more Hakomi-based stuff with her because it will be guided facilitation of how to be with her body and be with what's coming up. And everything I do will be about slowing down. But in order to do that, I'm doing it co-regulating her. I'll do it with her. So I'm not just going to go and tell her to connect with her body and tell her, it's like she knows all of that stuff. It's so accessible, that knowledge now. But but how to do it in a way that makes sense for you as an individual and perhaps if it's if it's a new skill and you, it's foreign and you do not know, that's perhaps where the support or the help comes in or, or, or like then going like, how do I learn? That's what I asked her last night. I was like, well, how do you learn? Like, how are we going to learn this new skill in a way that actually makes sense to you mm-hmm. um, and feels there's some discomfort within this awkwardness of, I haven't done this before. Um, so I think that's another point to kind of, to, to keep remembering and kind of like allowing it to be, um, to give us some grace around this as well. Because, you know, I think people who are like, you know, I'm doing all this stuff for myself and I'm... I'm doing all this self-care, and they've got a list of ten things, and I get it all done in the morning, and but I'm, it's just not working. It's like, yeah, I I can see how that is not working.
0: I've scheduled this fifteen minutes between ten and ten fifteen to uh, to have a little cry. That's my cry time. Um, yeah, get back...
1: yeah, it, it's out there.
0: It's... Oh, the and... Amazon does yeah. this where they have little soundproof booths. You know, you got to cry, go go to the booth, book it in. Yeah. Gosh.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where to go now. I didn't know about the Amazon crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think...
0: I, I can't remember. Like, they're just soundproof booths. I'm not sure if it's crying, but, like, that's just... It just felt very dystopian.
1: Well, randomly, because we love little stories to break up the uh, monotony of our, <laughs> our talking, but um, my partner and I went to sign our wills yesterday. We've redone our wills, which... Side note, my mum has been putting a will kit in my Christmas stocking ever since I was 10. So it's actually worked the wrong way for her, though. It's taken me a lot longer to do my will because it was propositioned in such a way. Um, But we we went and signed the wills and they had one of those cool, um, like maybe eight seater um, vessels, which was soundproof to do like the confidential will signing in. And uh, we were like, does anyone come in here and just scream during the day? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we use it. If no one else is in <laughs> just come in and have a scream. Uh, <laughs> I was like, maybe Amazon could have a crying and then have a rage booth with some I think it's multi-purpose. It, yeah.
0: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Amazon basics. Just the, Here's your $1 bowl. And by the way, you get an allowance of so many <laughs> plates per... Per month to smash.
1: No, that's too, that's too regulated. Sorry.
0: Mm. I think it's like so much of like, I guess the thing, not so much we're dancing around it, but like the thing to acknowledge at this point as well as like the capitalistic social sort of mm. imp- arm of this. Because so much of this, like, scheduling and self-care in the way that we do it, it sort of goes back to, like, the critique where it's just like, oh, you know, the work, (laughs) the workplace is overworking us. Oh, yes, they've scheduled in, like, yoga. And I was like, Mm. that's our wellness. And it's like, no, 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 pay us well and Mm. don't overwork us. Like, we don't want yoga. We want, like, fair wages and fair,
1: um... Yeah, acknowledge power, power plays. That would be
0: but it's 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 and like when we look at it from that perspective like everyone kind of goes oh yeah like absolutely but like it does seep into our lives it does seep into mm-hmm. like the way that we talk about things the way that we we consider self-care like it has seeped in to this point where we're like oh like I'm not feeling great maybe I should do some yoga or something and it's like that does help potentially quite a few people But like part of that's also just going to be about going into that space, feeling themselves into their body, letting them rest, letting them be like nourished by the session where some people will absolutely go in and just be like, I'm going to get all the poses right. I'm going to have a workout. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get better at this. And they're kind of like exactly what you said, I'm doing the Mm self-care. I am like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and if we don't acknowledge that, that side of things, uh, I think it's it's difficult to completely engage because people will be coming in with this idea as patients. Uh, people will be also coming in as as people who are not potentially getting paid as much, who have higher expectations of of the service that we will provide. And part of that is just because they've got limited financial resources. Potentially, they're using their body for work, hmm. so they're also like there. There comes a concern of like. I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. And we don't have a social security safety net that's actually incredibly effective for these people. We know businesses are potentially, I've had multiple patients go, I need to keep working and will keep working despite pain and problems and not take sick leave and not get work cover because they go, I will be on the chopping block. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that once I do this, I'm not going to get a promotion. If I do this, I'm not going to be able to, you know, move up in my career because I'll be Mm labelled a liability. And so there is this huge, like, social uh, capitalistic uh, part of what we are dealing with. And if we don't acknowledge it, I think that's kind of doing it a bit disservice. And I think the other side of it is, is that I think when we point out a lot of things that people go, "Well, what's the solution? And and the solution Mm -hmm. is societal change. The solution is political change. And it's that's hard, to, I think, for people to 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 swallow in a way because they kind of go, "I'm I, oh, I can't do something about this," mm. and it's like, well, pointing out the problem is is kind of half the half the problem, you know. Then starting to actually have people acknowledge that this this is a point. That we need to address can help actually mm. then start that change, start that pushback. And it's not an idea of like radicalising people for a solution, but it's going, this mm-hmm. is, you know, why it's happening is because of inattention. We're not paying mm-hmm. attention. We're letting these things slide through. We're letting these small changes.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: part of it also is for a patient is, is being able, part of the healing is being able to sit with that because we don't, we mm-hmm. can have a, there will always be some sort of social compact that we have to enter into. Um, you know, if we want to be part of society, we're going to have to sign up to Facebook or, or give our details to someone and expose ourselves in a shape or form to the privacy issues, even though I don't agree with them. Like to enter into society, there's going to be a level of this. But it's also acknowledging, allowing people to set up their own boundaries and their own ideas and, and acknowledging that that's a force that that as well, exactly like your patient. Who hasn't had that experience? And we can acknowledge why that's happening. We can acknowledge the the system mm-hmm. that has led to that, and say, and now we're going to provide you with some skills to be able to to deal with that. I I have a patient that came in who's in the exact same situation. It's like I keep running, I keep doing things, I keep doing stuff, and they know they in they know so well. they are there another healthcare provider, and they're like, I know this, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing it, and I think. What you've given words you've given words to that that feeling, which is they know it, but they they're not able to feel comfortable doing it. Mm. They need that sort of guidance in a way.
1: Is mm. some of your disgruntledness coming out? Feels like it. Because good, <laughs> <laughs> unimpressed. Oh, I'm glad. No, that's good. We're going to talk about another... your things. Oh, oh sure,
0: yeah. No, just to
1: <laughs> even it up a little bit.
0: Well, even well, we did start a discussion from my point, and you had lots of things to say. But it does it does sort of feel like like I'm 20 again, and being just like not always aware of other people, and being like, oh, we've started a conversation, and then just like get to ask about the other person.
1: I actually um you know I can I can I can do me um, but I think I've actually been doing that um, more in the last year just with clients around like something will pop up we'll follow it and now I'm just getting better at going, oh hey, hang on, I could go in lots of different tangents here like which which actually interests you like where do you want to go because I do mm-hmm. get so excited and follow convos and go oh let's let's unpack that you know um so I'm completely happy to listen to yours. But yeah, um, <laughs> me, what's been going on for my bleh week? I don't know what animal my emotions would be right now. I'm not sure. It's kind of like part tiger. got a bit of rage bubbling there. Um, but then also I'm quite tired from... Um, so my stuff is... Uh, I've been doing a lot of advocation for my son, uh, in particular at school. Um, and with people who... I um, just might not have as deep an understanding around his neurodivergence as I do. Um, so that's been going on for well, quite a while, but I suppose it's um, just been kind of the pointy end of it a little bit the last month or so. So um, for me, that's a really interesting experience um, from that place of being in a position where I don't feel particularly understood, seen, heard. Um, I feel like some people are committed to misunderstanding me. Um, And so I suppose over the years, I've been doing lots of work with that, which is really interesting when you talk about societal change and how a lot of the time we can't do a lot about it. Um, What I've been doing is actually working with my grief around not having the change that we need. Um, So that's more of my personal stuff, but I thought that was an interesting point because I also recently talked, was working with a client who um, was actually speaking about the challenges they were having at school. She's a teacher and how they were just being just not heard by the, the leadership group and how she said like, what do we do about this? How can we, how can we change them to see this all differently? And I was like, well, potentially you can't, but what we can do is hold space for your anger, frustration, rage, grief, you know, and potentially that's what's, most important here because, you know, we cannot change other people just by forcing them, you know, and we know that through healthcare is, it doesn't work. Um, so I've kind of gone around a little bit there, but, um, so for me, yeah, a lot of energy has been put into that sort of advocate role, um, which I find, um, to do that at the same time as then my business, which is, um, in some ways advocating for for similar sort of themes, I find that can contribute to where my capacity sort of hits its limit, mm. where I then need to advocate for myself. Um, so for me, um, I suppose, what does that look like in the past week? Um, I blocked my diary. Again, I own my own business, so I have the capacity to do this, but um, I blocked my diary um, for a big half day. I was supposed to catch up with a, with a friend and have lunch. And I actually cancelled because I was like, that's actually, I need time without talking to people. So I was really aware that that actually wasn't going to be nourishing for the day. And then had a hard conversation with her just around cancelling at the last moment. Um, but she, she understood, um, which was great. Um, I think I've done some creativity, so I'm currently putting little haikus on social media, little poems, which is really big for me just to do it and not really care what people think. Uh, they're for me and my clients and, and for creativity and healthcare. So I've been writing some some poetry, which um, I love haikus as well because they challenge me. They're 17 syllables. So you kind of got a little bit of a um, a short, no, what's it called? A small Window to put some creativity in. Um, So that's been really nourishing. Um, And then just um, the relationships that I have with people are really where I'm inherently nourished, where um, just sharing in a way where uh, it's really respectful and silly and fun, and just the people who allow me to completely be me, like you were talking about at the beginning, even in practice. Um, but just, you know, in practice and at home for me, just allowing all of my parts to be here. And that's been a a bit of a journey for me personally. Um, So that's kind of been what's nourishing me this week. And then rest for me is actually sleep, really, like actually sleeping and um, going to bed early and um, having a good rest. Um, I know it sounds really boring, but it's the most, one of the most important things. Um, and I suppose in that, if we backtrack from that, for me around sleep is um, my brain likes to ruminate and perseverate on things. So um, I suppose one of the other challenges I'm having at the moment is um, having hard conversations with my landlord and um, it was heading towards sort of like disputey type things, which is not fun. Um, so just figuring out how I can... Um, you know, if it's talk with my partner around what our action plan is about that, and feel like we've communicated with dignity and respect, but been firm in our emails. You know, all of those sorts of things that contribute to how do we want to have this hard conversation and actually um, embed it in our value system, so that I can go to sleep at the end of the night, going like, you know, I've I've communicated in a way, and I've said my piece, and I've listened to them, and um, that's really important to me. So I think. Um, in particular in the last month, being able to get to sleep means that that communication has happened and happened respectfully. Um, and then that lets my brain kind of go, there's nothing else you can do here right now. Um, so you might as well get some rest. <laughs> um, and I think for me, this sort of stuff comes back to again, like how do we work with people in the clinic? Like we can recommend rest and nourishment, but Again, it's that superficial, like just it's easy to say, but for that person, what does that look like or or how does that work or what are the barriers to that or, you know, I think there's so much potential um, wisdom in what they're already doing, but they might not be placing attention on it or um, even being able to go like, yeah, you just need to get eight hours sleep, but not talking about like, what's the noise around their house like or like, you know, Is that something that... Do you have a partner who stays up and watches? I had my partner and his son watch a really loud, scary movie last night. Um, But we closed all the doors and we figured stuff out. They're like, are you going to be okay with it? Like we had a lovely like sort of like back and forth around how we were going to figure it out. Um, But, you know, I think delving deeper into how people do these things um, I think is really important. Um, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I love how I just stop. I'm like,
0: and there's the end. How do you go with, like, I think, I'm thinking about solution or, like, the word I keep coming in with, like, solution genesis or something like that, where, like, people would, like, constantly trying to come up with solutions and solve problems. And I think, like, Mm. that's kind of, like, what we we're sort of dancing around in a way, where it's, like, people come in for a solution. Mm. And it's not that we're dancing around. I shouldn't say that, but like one of the things that we're sort of not purposely talking around, but sort of like is kind of kind of at the center for part of this is solving something. Mm. And like that happens for ourselves, being able to just like, okay, I, this problem just goes away. I just do something and it goes away. like that's kind of the the self care component. I do something and it goes away. Mm. Um, and looking for something neat in a package how do you go cuz like so much of like what i'm getting is that you are not looking to solve you're looking to sit with the problem
1: hmm.
0: how have you like gone like is that something that's always just sort of settled well or is that something that you've developed like a, as a skill mm
1: definitely developed as a skill um but i think intuitively i had an issue with problem solving so like i Like for me internally, I didn't, you know, don't like it when someone says a problem and then someone's like, well, this is the solution. Like, I just, I think that has always activated me on some deeper level. You don't know Um, me.
0: You don't know how this (laughs) (laughs) works.
1: Yeah, pretty much. There's no inquiry. And I didn't put words to that feeling until I was 30 something. So I think um, it's like, you know, it's like when you know, I kind of liken this to the people I work with. We, we have blind spots or we don't know, we, we know something intuitively, but we don't have words to put to it and or we don't know how to describe it. And I think for me, when I figured out that that was something, I then went on a pathway of like, oh, you know, how can I develop this or how can I explore this? Because it felt right to me. Um, so definitely upskilling and, and and I suppose that's the whole of the, in, in a nutshell, if you had to put Hakomi in a nutshell, but it's being able to be with what's here, follow it, be curious about it, understand it, um, and you know allow, I suppose, that wisdom, that deep knowing to actually guide us to our solution, if you like, if you want to use a solution, or our next step, the next step that we need. So I think you know, I think whilst people are like, oh, you don't want a solution. I'm like, no, it's how we arrive at it or it's, it's who we include or what wisdom we include or how does it be, how does it emerge? And so I suppose my nourishment in all of these hard conversations is more paying attention to, um, how we, how it happens, um, and I think that's one of the big things that, that also nourishes me is trusting that we will arrive somewhere that we need to arrive. Mm. Um, and that's really hard to do. <laughs> but as a skill to nurture, that's been probably one of my biggest and most, um, uh, what's the word? Nourishing's not the word there. It's just inherently settling in a way. Um, and it gets challenged all the time because that part of me comes in that goes, no man we've got to action something or what's the solution or we need to know now um but i think sitting in uncertainty in a way where you can make space for grace and and trust in um i'm not saying like trust in the universe man but like trust that something will emerge uh,
0: i think that's such a good that's such a good point because like when we talk about processes when we talk about like letting go of the 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 sort of prepackaged idea of a solution where it's like oh someone comes in with this problem like here's the package here's mm-hmm. the thing that solves them it's not saying that we're like against a solution it's more just a reframe of saying like the solution, we're going to start the process that will lead us somewhere to a solution and we're not going to like put all our eggs in one basket, or we're not going to try and make essentially assumptions, Mm. we're we're not assuming. And I think so much of that explains kind of my process where we're not, I'm not saying anything definitive all the time. I'm just like, okay, this, this seems like the, the next best step. This seems like it matches where you want to go. And that we're just gonna trust that well, we're gonna we're doing something, we're physically doing something, but we're not just putting it and saying this will solve your problem or do this ten times and it's gonna be magic. It's like, you mm. know, we're just gonna have this flow.
1: Well, I even had a lovely like it was just a little mini excerpt that came into my brain when you were talking then, I had another new client during the week who um have just had um surgery mm. um and flying off overseas the day after they saw me just getting their first kind of bit of information for two weeks. And, you know, I just think slowing people down is the most amazing resource, skill, hack. I hate that word. I hate the word hack. But slowing people down, and that, that can be in so many different ways. That can be through your, you know, your tone of your voice, pauses, literally asking them to slow down, that sort of stuff. But um, she was, you know, got her out of the boot and you know, some anxiety there around, is this right? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I going to make this worse? Or you know, that sort of, you know, really natural anxiety. Um, and literally, as she was just walking up and down, I just was using my voice to talk to her. I wasn't giving her anything to do with her foot or what she should do. We were just talking through something that she was a bit anxious about. And we were kind of just exploring it like, not validating, I suppose, but just exploring, you know, being curious about it, pauses. And as she was doing this, she just started walking slower and her limp just went away. You know, she just started naturally doing more of a, a heel-toe, heel-toe. Um, and then she stopped and she was like, this is feeling really good on my ankle. And I was like, well, yeah, like, what, what, like, but well, then we just paid attention to like, what did you notice? And she was like, well, I've been limping and like, just, you know, rushing through it. But then but then I just started to notice what I was doing with my other foot and what, how that could maybe guide the operated one. I was like, yeah, what did you notice? She's like, oh, I just started going more heel-toe. And then I noticed that I was kind of pushing off the side of my foot. So I started to go like maybe... I had not said anything. She would have had stuff from other people, I'm sure, in the past, but I had not said anything. All I was doing was slowing her her speedy brain down and calming her activated system. But then we could like, bring in what her body was naturally doing and actually place attention on it and go, can you see how you kind of knew what you needed to do? Mm. Like You already knew. I didn't have to tell you. And then that's a beautiful moment of her actually not seeking external guidance for her walking. It's all happened internally.
0: I wrote down on my piece of paper, expectations. And I think expectations? Well, that's it, like everyone's expectations. But I mm. think from, from this case, it's like the patient, there's like coming in and there's an expectation of speed and what's going to happen in the process and the, the everything. And
1: mm.
0: one of the things that I always sort of talk about when I'm talking about like case studies and talking to people and saying like how we be sort of framing things in a bit of person-centered way. And one of the things that I always put in as a section that people are kind of confused about is like problem list say so what are the problems what are the barriers what are the things coming up mm. for people and some, and and I think that kind of gives like such a great context because in that case like sometimes it's like the 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 one of the things that comes up when we start to talk about like the problems or the barriers that they're like, oh, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going overseas, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, like, and it's just like it needs to be better. And there's like a speed and there's that expectation of like the process and what's going to have happen. And exactly mm. what you said, like when we start to sort of acknowledge these things, it becomes much more apparent that we need to, to slow people down, or we need to highlight. The issues with, you know, with with their setting with their set expectation or how they've set their expectations, talk them mm-hmm. through their their situation as to why not every surgery can be recovered from in twelve weeks.
1: Mm. Yeah. I just I think I think this sense of slowing down, and it comes back to my what was chatting before about the sensitivity cycle. That again if we If we don't know how to do that ourselves, Mm. you know, you can see how that becomes difficult for us to do with another, Mm. um, yeah.
0: Yeah, sort of, well, that's exactly what I see. I see people sort of caught in that, like Mm. that rush and when they're in that rush, they don't notice the solutions like this. The, the, things are right there. Like I, this happens with, with my wife all the time, I'm like, I'm trying to get something done and it's like, and then it's like, oh, well, this is the solution. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? But I, but it's also acknowledging that that's like a human thing and that will happen mm. and that like the role of us, the role of people in like, well, the relationships, everyone is like having someone there to be, to, to help us slow down, not be like, mm. it's this idiot, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, is something my wife does, it, and it's like, why didn't you think of this? And I like, I thought I did, and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> but no, that like that, that can be our role. And I think sometimes mm. this idea—it goes back to again what we what I was talking mm. about before about the idea of what we do, the service, like providing the service, doing the thing. Like we we kind of lock ourselves in with this idea of what what we're doing and what our role and what our job is and the service we be, should be providing. Where that consultancy view kind of allows us to look at it and go you know, ah, it doesn't sound like a, it's actually, this is the issue. It might sound like, oh, you know, it's the expectations. Mm. I mean, it, we've all, we've all sat in, in, um, or meetings where I say we all, I have a lot more friends in corporate, um, but, you know, you've got that consultant who comes in, is just like, oh yeah, we'll totally do that. And then they'll like turn around and be like, we can't do that, but we're just going to say yes, and mm. we'll sort it out later. Or you've got the someone who turns in and turns around and goes, you don't have — I like, you're consulting us about this specific workflow problem or something very corporate, I don't know, the we'll lingo, but it's like, you have this problem and it just turns out, well, actually you don't have what you think is the problem. It's not that at all. It's actually this, it's actually mm. that. Or like, I can see how the solution's not going to work from you. Do we want to, like, talk about how actually we could be doing something else? And I think from, like, a very basic sort of level, mm. that's probably a better way to to think about it as, a, or how I how I would make it make sense to people in that sort of maybe that service mindset and how, like, our role can be very different and be just as useful, I'd say, if not more useful, having that idea of looking at what that person needs. And I think that's also, like a big part of person-centered care. It's not which service mm. are we providing, it's what do they need? Mm. What are they open to though as well?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the lens that ties in again with the societal pressures and and, and it's like to go slow amongst urgency is a real skill and i think um i think it's a it's a beautiful one to invest in i think and i think because at the moment if people aren't they potentially don't aren't aware of what they're missing because they're going so fast so i don't think it's about necessarily going at the same speed and making sure we can notice everything and that potentially for me feels like what cramming cpd is is not changing our speed but just like trying to put our attention everywhere whereas if we actually can learn how to slow down we'll actually see things much more clearly that we would have missed Um, but again, it goes against, it goes against so many grains. Um, but in some way in the current world zeitgeist, it kind of makes more and more sense to slow down.
0: It's an, it's an act of, um, as everyone's rushing around you, like, I I know I have this all the time, when you see people like around you moving and you're like, oh my God. And like, it takes a a lot of courage uh, Mm. uh, to, and, but also like knowledge of yourself, knowledge of what's happening to purposely Mm -hmm. slow down and move at a different pace. And I think so much of also what we're not dealing with is seeing the consequences of not.
1: Mm.
0: Like we, I think so much of it comes down to our lives and how much do we want to live our lives and what's the goal for both our patients and and for our, for ourselves. Yeah, we can move Mm. at a hundred miles an hour exactly like you said, but what happens at the end of it? (laughs) you know, mm. oh, we've been moving so fast, we missed all the opportunities to connect with the people that we want to have a relationship with and and be nourished and have a life. I mean, we, we sort of like that, that cliche of, of um, you know, the dad who turns around, he hits 60, 65, retires and goes, great, I've now got all this time to spend with my kids. With and my all the kids, kids <laughs> <and> my <laughs> kids are just like, fuck you, you weren't there for like the first 25, 30 years of our life, you know, mm. fuck off, you don't get to, you don't get to spend the... The, the time now that you have the time. And I think that's such like a, it's a cliche and or it's a, not as much a cliche, but like maybe it's not as simple. Mm. But I think some of that, what we see in those situations comes through for us. What are we doing at each time? What are we missing in that urgency?
1: Well, and again, if we're, if we're really trying to help people understand their pain or think through things more confidently, and and that confusion to drop and to settle, like it makes sense that we're in slowing them down and actually walking them through their thought processes and their experiences. They're actually gaining that. What do we call it in our world? Like the um, starts with a C, not confidence, not competence. There's another word, another C word. Anyway, but we give them that that ability and capacity to do it for themselves, rather than having so to then go. Self efficacy. Efficacy. Told you it was a C word.
0: It was like, it's, I'm like, efficacy. No, that's not a C word. Whenever um, I
1: say it's a word that begins with a letter, it's always another letter. I know that like <sighs> myself. So glad you came up with self-efficacy. But, you know, um, but I think that's, again, such a powerful, um, a, a dignifying act in a way. It's not just um, getting themselves independent. It's actually allowing them to... Um, trust in what they think and what they know and how they can, they can figure this out, which really is, is knowledge is power, as they say. But I think the, the way to how we come, uh, arrive at our own
0: solutions is pretty, is pretty powerful. I find myself saying to people a lot, I'm like, no, you've got a good intuition around that. No, no, no. Like, you know, you've got, you know, you're making good decisions. Mm. Like, I actively acknowledge that and reflect on that and go, oh, no, no, I understand. And sometimes we might optimize it where I go, oh, they've made this decision. I'm like, no, like we can acknowledge what they're doing. And, and I go, actually, like, I can understand how you've reached that conclusion. And in this situation, that's, that's a really good intuition. Mm-hmm. What we know that's maybe not as intuitive, uh, is actually doing it this way, actually leads to better outcomes, um, in the longer term. Uh, so like it's, it's. I always find myself like acknowledging when people are doing, listening to their body and doing the right things and, and working along. And when times when they're not, it's also like not, not teaching them not to trust their body or to rely mm. on us for that and saying, no, it's like, oh no, no, actually this is counterintuitive to what's happening. Or like, I can see how you've rele- you've, um, reached this conclusion here and, let's give you this bit of information that changes it, not kind of where I think we end up with some of our, the way that we practice, which is, you know, nothing. I'm the one with all the knowledge and you can't make the decisions and you just have to listen to me and follow the plan. Where I think, you know, so much of plans is is guidance. If I give an exercise program, I don't know how, you know, if I'm going to push them hard enough. I don't know if I'm going to Mm -hmm. push them too hard. And so not giving them the skills to make that decision for themselves or actively doing things that rob them of that, of that, uh, making the decision themselves or feeling like they can't, I think is, is counterintuitive as well. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I was about to say, I was about to back that up with evidence. I know, I know that you didn't have the article Anec- the- Anecdotal.
1: Anecdotal. You haven't shared uh, the article with me prior to this discussion, Alex. That's-
0: well, um, Heavy, slow resistance guiding people with plantar fascial pain and saying, mm. you just need to do this heavy and slow yeah. or whatever guidance that they use versus prescribing a heavy, slow program, same outcomes. So self-dosed versus
1: Yeah, Yeah, I've been doing that for five years. Thank you for validating my intuition, um, <laughs> despite not wanting to read. No, uh, I was just going to say my little brain uh, blip that came up when you were chatting is um, Quite often, I'll use the phrase um, "In what world would that make sense?" So even if the thing that they're intuitively doing is not going to maximise outcomes, but let's say it's from a, a trauma-informed lens, where they're doing something that is survival-based or is is so habitual because it's coming from this other place that is a bit more deeply embedded, you know, that might be a that's a nice phrase sometimes, which allows us to go, "Oh, it makes sense in a world where you know I'm." Using running as a way to, you know, suppress emotions, or you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it can then allow us to kind of go. It might not be serving you the most right now, but how does it make sense that that's the way that you're approaching these things?
0: I am struggling really hard to get a to get around the way that you said said it to start with. It sounded so snarky.
1: In what world would that make sense? <laughs> You're just like, in Snarky. what world would that
0: oh. make sense?
1: <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, but that's me bringing my own stuff in. Where I'm just like, when someone says that, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> like it's a it's a dig kind of comment. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just like, oh. what are you doing? And it's just like, oh, I'm doing this. And I'm like, yeah. in what world would I that you were make?
1: Burst sense? into song there. Um, <laughs> no, okay. So if you can take away the snark.
0: No, no. I think, Um, I think, I think. No, I I love the idea. I love, I love everything about it. It was just the slight intonation when you said it, and the way that my body like went like straight to that. I was just like, wow, that is isn't that that that...
1: interesting? Because as well, I tried to slow myself down and pause before I said it, but that actually like created this like um, expectation.
0: We gotta be careful with the way that we say things or sometimes or like with our meaning I think is probably a, also a small takeaway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's like um it's little ones that we've learned along the way, even to do with our um family and and, and relationships at home around not assuming. So it's like, you know, you always Uh, we tend to say in our family a bit of like, you know, the story I make up about that is so that we're like acknowledging that I'm a human who's going to make up a story with limited information. So Mm. I think it's become one of our little ones It's like, you know, in what world would that make sense? Like, why would they do that? You Mm. know, when you're really trying to like go, I don't get why this person is X, Y, Z, you know, it just becomes one of our little ways of just lowering our, or just kind of meeting our frustration with curiosity. So I chuck it out there in the clinic sometimes if I feel like, The person needs a place of, let's be curious around this, rather than just going, no, that's not good for outcome and this is better. Not that I'm saying you're doing that, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those little um, transitioners.
0: There's a, if we think about societal dialogue, again to go political. um,
1: Bringing the big guns in at the end of uh, the uh, potty.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad also, because I also didn't want to say... Oh, this is the last point, by the way, and it's going to be mine, because um, of the time. Um, You're you right lose. Eyebrow raise. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> I got in. I get the last word. Um, but there's a there's a there's a morality side of things uh, and moral panic, uh, especially around like laziness and people, mm. and and when we think about how our society is trying to label people who are sick, who are injured. Um mm. as well, we've got the system that gets people healthy. So if they if they're not going with the system, then they obviously don't want to be healthy. I've had patients that will, you know, that are disabled by pain, that are so fatigued, and they are struggling hard to find someone that will take them seriously. Our system doesn't work. But mm we've got this outward projection that it does. And then it does always lead to good outcomes. And when people aren't engaging in it, then they are lazy. And it's the same with mm-hmm. work and the same with employment. And we know that's not the case when we look at the numbers and we look at the what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to be careful that we don't accidentally co-opt that, because I can see where that kind of comes in, which is people are not making decisions that are irrational. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone comes in, and, and anything that they're doing is irrational to them. Now, I guess I say that, and I know there are some people that might be having mental health conditions and other things that make the rationality hard to see for us, uh, or maybe they actually are irrational based upon that. But I think. They're a a small subset. I think what's happening really is is that we don't have the full context. We don't have the understanding. Mm. We don't have the knowledge to be able to, when someone makes a decision to go, how does that make sense for ourselves? And I think it's very easy. We're given a societal out, which is, well, if it doesn't make sense to us and we're the ones who are knowledgeable, we're the ones who are... Uh, know what's going on, then they must be mm. willfully doing something wrong they don't want to get better and I, I like that sort of point of saying in what world does this make sense because it humanizes the person, but mm. also that inquiry humanizes us and I mm. think once we acknowledge that we start fighting against a person we start working with them we start then very we find that education that we as as a modality or a service that we use to try all of a sudden we can now start to engage in a way that I think will actually help that person rather than just being like, but I told them it's the tendon and I told them how tendons adapt and now they're still doing it. And I'm like, yeah, but like, how was that sunk in? What do they already know? What's their context? How? Why are they making those decisions? It's just another beautiful Mm. way to get get us to that point, I think, Hmm. as the way to end the podcast.
1: Done, done, full stop. Uh. We crack me up.
0: Uh, do you feel better at the end of this podcast? I feel better.
1: Yeah, well, I was just going to ask. We started a little bit uh, flat and disgruntled and a bit ragey and a bit tired. That's our combination of, a, of noticings.
0: Mm.
1: What are you noticing now?
0: Oh, that I feel better. I'm also hungry, but I feel better.
1: Who mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> feel more energised. Hmm. Yeah. Where does
1: that live inside?
0: No, uh, I think it's, I think it's more like a lack of energy, but like a lack of the, the, the sort of the droopiness.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, Ooh, it's like so an if absence. You were, if you were once, oh, so it's an absence of droopiness. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: The presence of...
0: Wholeness. Myselfness.
1: There you go. There you go. Yeah, nice. Mm. I feel, um... Not hungry, I had a couple of crumpets beforehand. Um, which is my current go to lunch. Um, no, I just feel that it's been cool to have a podcast where we are even more ridiculous. Um, and then also just a little bit you know, it, it just was what it what what we were, basically. It just felt good to do one. It was a bit like that, about the noise.
0: Yeah. Like the, I think probably the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways is from this is like, it's a recorded, it's something that we've recorded and that we've sort of put in stone where we went, we came in and we went, and then at the end we're like, oh. And actually we had a great, like we had a great conversation. There was lots of good things that came out of it and it's like, we didn't fight it. We lent in. And then all of a sudden we're like energetically discussing, like person-centred cares and politics at the end. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: what's on your piece of paper now? Is it still blank?
0: No, no, I wrote a few things, but nothing makes really that much sense. So. Okay. You could draw a picture <laughs> you, or something. You said I'm not allowed to, like, look at my piece of paper even more now because it distracts <laughs> you. So now I've just yes. got, like...
1: Yes, listeners. I said to Alex, you are not allowed to look at your piece of paper.
0: Got like those barriers. Were words, solution genesis, expectations. It's just, just words which make sense in the context of this discussion and will be helpful in the future, but make no sense if someone picked up this piece of paper. They're just like, What is this?
1: Every time you say solutions genesis, I just think about Phil Collins and his album Genesis. <laughs>
0: They're no, the band's Genesis, or is it is the it band's a self Genesis?
1: Maybe it's a self something. Phil Collins, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then it's not. It's Phil Collins as part of. Okay, I'm not going to explore to this.
1: And then that that Phil Collins one with the gorillas drumming. I think we need to play that song.
0: <laughs> we can put that as the. I'll put that as the outro.
1: Oh God, no! We have an outro talk as the outro.
0: Anyway, no, it's in like the song. We have a song that goes on the outro. Oh yes. No, then I have to license it. Mm-mm. No.
1: We'll just stick to our lovely Clary loops. So.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. We good?
0: We good. Follow us. Okay. You know, everyone knows the outro by now. Follow us. Real clinicians, real chats.
1: No one listens Somewhere. up to this point, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we'll see you Where next can they time. Find-
1: where can they find you, Alice? Oh,
0: where can I find oh, here we go. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Vex, whatever you want to call it. I'm on TikTok, but I'm not doing much on there, but I slow down on videos.
1: You're watching um, dogs come home and howl, like huskies. That's what you're doing on TikTok.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it is, it is like 50% dog stuff now. <laughs> um- I, I am like 55. TikTok thinks I'm 55.
1: Where can where can people find me? Oh, thanks yeah. for asking, Alex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, wisephysiotherapy.com.au. I'm wisewisekit on Instagram. Go read my haikus. Yeah. Um, and I am not on the TikTok place. Mm.
0: I was just thinking, like, I'm feeling better, but I'm not doing better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be the title. That
0: could be the title. Mm-hmm alright yeah. that's it bye bye